You're listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little bloodsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Publishers look gay. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. You know what I'm talking about, pal? Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Well, yesterday it happened. Um, I went to court, finally. That day came up. I lost sleep the night before. Um, but nonetheless, I just was like, well, for better or worse, I'm standing my ground and I feel, well, good that I'm not bending over. Um, you know, like, if I lose... So so be it. I stood up for myself. If I win, great. Um, so anyway, lost a bit of sleep, put on the suit, uh, had a shave, did all those things, and went on into the Geelong Magistrates Court and signed in, had to wait till 10 o'clock, was there, had, you know, 45 minutes to spare sitting out the front. And I was going through the paperwork and I was thinking, okay, now when um, the judge asked me, you know, my side of the story, I, I was going to have the bullet points ready in case like I, I was, I got lost in my words and I could refer back to my notes. And I was looking at the statement, um, which is the description of alleged offenses, um, statement of alleged facts that is from, you know, um, the policeman. And so, and I had not obviously read it very clearly and I knew my side of the story, but his side of the story went even further into the lie because it said he had given me the warning flash. Now this was, that happened. He told me to slow down. I perceived I was going two or three Ks over the limit. I slowed down. I knew there was a policeman behind me. So I slowed my cruise control down to what I perceived was 99. And, And there I sat. Like, and in the statement of alleged facts, he said, I slowed down to 100 and then after a bit, sped off again. Can you believe? I I was dumbfounded when I was reading that just before I went into the court. I was like, who the fuck in their right mind would know that there's a policeman behind them and speed off? Like, you'd have to have beyond rocks in your head so anyway that was gave me even more um you know cause for um my resolve and so anyway i went into the court and there the um the judge you know sat down and she's you know they guided me to where i had to sit i didn't know and she's like so you're representing yourself today i said yes and she says so how do you plead to these and i was like in my head i'm like i'm to the charges are like I'm the one that's challenging them. But anyway, I said, not guilty. And so she starts to say, well, you would not have known this. I grant you that, that if you say not guilty today, then we have to refer the matter. It has to go further and there has to be a new court hearing. And she's telling me that it's going to have to come back and blah, 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 blah. And I would have to get representation that time. And oh, my head was starting to spin. I'm like, I was like, I don't want to carry this any further. And so I put my hand up like school kid and she says, yes. And I said, look, I can't carry this anymore. I, I, if, if, if it takes me to plead guilty right now, I'll just wear it. And then this really nice police lady that was sitting over to the left says, I might take it from here, your honor. And she got up and she politely said what had happened and aired in the way that I might've had a point that having no 
previous convictions or a- anything with outstanding that maybe there's some validity to what I was saying and I got off. I didn't get, I have to pay the fine, but no points and no court hearing charges. So I think it's a win. I think it's a win. Anyway, I'm not going to bore you with this story anymore. It's done. I will burn the paperwork and I promised my girlfriend I would not talk about it anymore. Obviously, I've bored the shit out of her with it. And I've bored the shit out of you guys with it. Look, my guest today is Xavier Huxtable. And Xavier is a professional surfer um, and just an all-round legend, super nice guy who's having a really, really big crack um, on the QS which is, for those of you that don't know, is the World Qualifying Series to get you into the big league, um, which was the top 44, and I've just learned it's shrinking. It's you know it's really hard to get into that top tier now. It's moving down to 22. I don't understand how they can pull it down that much, but that's what's happening. So my chat with Zave, it was just so good. Zave, thanks so much for coming over. Uh, I had a great time talking to you, and I hope, for those of you out there who are listening, I hope you enjoy my chat with Zave Huxtable. Um, anyway, I'll see you on the other side. Okay. A complete and total farfarama. Did like full time, well not full time, but like on the side whenever I wasn't surfing, I was playing footy during winter all the way up until last year under 19s. And then this year I'm, I'm training and I played, played on Easter weekend down at Lawn for Lawn Dolphins yeah. with, I went down with a good mate, James Hughes and Al Adams is a coach down there. One of dad's real good mates. And, um, yeah. So I went down and played down there. What posse do you like to play? Um, mid slash forward yeah okay so I kind of just rotate between those two so do you think that this is I find it pretty interesting because I believe you're a pretty handy football player do you, did you think for a while that maybe you'd like to further that aspect of your life um, when I was young I never thought about kind of that and you never really thought about that like kind of oh, I'm going to have to take surfing up and give away footy off. It was not until I got to kind of 16, 17, and that's when it kind of opened up, like, if you really, like, want to really get into surfing, you'd have to give it up because it is pretty contact-heavy and oh, yeah. injuries are pretty often. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, something you love is, like, like, I love football so much. It's actually really hard to give up. Like, you just find yourself, like watching it well you watch it every friday saturday and you're tuning in and all your mates are playing and you go down to local footy it's just it's kind of everywhere so it's really hard to give up and especially something you love yeah yeah and so was it did did rip curl sort of give you a little nudge like Um, hey if you want to yeah i mean yeah pretty much most people yeah anywhere from my ever even got my mom in my ear my dad actually he he was always a footy player he wasn't much for so he was more footy 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 so he's kind of he well, he loves going down and watching so he's not as fast but mum's always in my ear and then i mean you've obviously got your um like uh surfing straight all those crew like there's a lot of crew who are kind of like yeah like it is you can like if you look into it it is contact heavy and injuries it's pretty injury like what would you say injuries are pretty common in footy so yeah it's probably not the best yeah i would say 80 yeah, yeah. percent of all my injuries have come from football yeah days. knees ankles yeah. it's yeah shoulders wrists it's everything so yeah yeah it's definitely not um light on the body 
Yeah. And so, um, now going back again, so you, how old are you now? I'm 19. 19. So 2019, you were 16. Yeah, yeah. And you were still playing footy at that point? Yeah, yeah. And, and for the Torquay Tigers? Yeah, yeah, Torquay Tigers, yeah. Yeah. I played my, yeah, my whole junior career at Torquay, yeah. And so you, was, this is this is something funny. I, I, you were splitting footy, school, and you surfed against Kelly Slater in the same year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It was a bit of everything going on from footy. I think we were even doing pre-season while Rip Curl Pro was on, like for footy, yeah. Yeah. Like it all starts well before then, but yeah, it's kicking the footy around and yeah. So, um, no, I'm going I'm to come back to that. So, tell me, okay, so this morning you had a half a banana and a cup of coffee and you headed down into the rock and you were checking it, there's no one out. Yeah, yeah, so I got down there. I had a quick look, ran back. The boys actually, um, my best mates, Cole Fox, Dylan Hart and Mac Wiley, they all got a share house down at... Um, just across from the Bird Rock car park and um, kind of ran back there, threw our weddies on and we ran over and we see Cody running down and we're like, whoa, there's no one out, like kind of peaky, three foot rock, like fun, no one out, light on shore and we're like, oh, this is like, let's get out there and we kind of come down the hill and we see like kind of a group of people on the beach and the guy, there was a guy kind of on his side and we're like, oh, maybe he's like kind of dislocated hip or broken his leg like it looked kind of leg related and we got down closer kind of jumped down and there was a guy with like a there was um Ange balls by the d ball and this other guy were kind of holding a t-shirt around this guy's face like this guy given his t-shirt and they were kind of putting pressure and we're just like oh what's going on like this must be pretty bad that's heavy and we got up close and um there was just blood everywhere and they were like, yeah, this guy's gone over the falls. He was on a one of those blow-up surf mats. And he'd gone like a, a lilo with the handles in the front? Yeah, yeah, one of those. And he'd gone over the falls, apparently, head first and head butted the reef. At the this rock? Is what I got, yeah, this is what we got told when we first got there. And oh, it happened like 10 minutes before we got there. And just head... Like, it was, and like with the kind of Easter tides, it's so shallow at the moment. And it's like kind of breaking in. And he just went head first in and apparently... We didn't see the cup, but apparently you could fully see every like just sliced his whole forehead. Anyway, we were kind of there. There was people everywhere. Anyway, after a while, everyone kind of just oh not everyone, but there was like people still there. They kind of got everyone in. We went out for a surf and then come in two hours later, and he's still in the same position. They couldn't move him because he was like obviously in so much pain. Was he shot. conscious? Yeah, apparently, well, I've also heard that he was kind of in and out of consciousness, but, um, yeah, he was conscious. He was moved, like, they was moving his legs, but they still had bandages on his head. By that time, the ambos had come, but they still hadn't got him off the beach. So, it would have been freezing, and they... How come they couldn't get him up the stairs? I don't know. He must have been just in... Like, it must have been really bad, because... And then that's when we came in. We saw, I saw Sweens down there, and he had the guy kind of holding his head, and they were applying bandages with the ambu... Like, the ambo people. And, um... Yeah, they eventually... They kind of tried to get him on a stretcher, and, um... Pete Smith, Dickie Nee drove his car on the beach and they were going to try and I think they were trying to put him in the car where did he put it on down at the at the yeah, drove car park it, yeah down uh, on the beach because it was so low you yeah. could drive on the beach and they drove it all the way down to the corner and tried to get him in um, put a they looked like they were trying to get the 
Well, they were trying to get the um, stretcher under him yeah. and get him in, but they obviously was just in so much pain and Holy couldn't fuck. move him. So they literally flew the chopper in, landed on the beach, and must have medivaced him in the chopper up to wherever that goes. So it was pretty serious. There was blood everywhere, like nonstop. It was. It would have been pretty. Like apparently, it was a huge gash just all the way across his forehead. The poor guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's probably the worst injury I've ever heard of around here. The only person I know other than Darren Wilcox got, I'm pretty sure medivaced off. He punctured his lung with his rib oh, yeah. at the rock. Oh, what, he, like, bored or no, I reef? Think he, or? Yeah, I think he hit the reef and he oh, broke yeah. his rib and then punctured couldn't, his lung. Uh, yeah, and just couldn't move, I'm yeah. pretty sure he was airlifted. Oh, yeah, but I've never, yeah, never heard of someone getting... Airlifted off the Jack Beach, like they couldn't move him. Like, yeah, I thought maybe like if it wasn't obviously if it was like not as bad as it was, you could maybe walk off the beach or jump in Pete's car. But it, like he was it looked like when we came back in, he was like shake, like he would have been in so much pain. And he lost that much blood, yeah, and you're lying. It wasn't that cold, but it wasn't warm. Two hours. Yeah, it was, you'd yeah. Be getting pretty... And there was people everywhere. It would have been pretty, like, if you were that guy, it would have been pretty... Yeah. Who saw it? Who saw the guy down? Um. Well, there was Ange- D-Ball, Angela's brother, yeah. and this um, other guy. And then there was a couple, like, there was a kind of a crowd around him. And that's when we kind of got there and we're like, whoa, this is like pretty full on. And we're like around there for a bit. And then they're like, we're getting the ambo. It's like, there's not much else like anyone can do. So we end up going out surfing and then we come back in and it was like literally two hours later after he'd already been down there for 20 minutes before we got there. We came back and the ambos were there, so they were obviously giving him painkillers. Like they had the, oh, the painkillers. No, they were, I'm pretty sure they, were, they had needles, so they were obviously oh, okay. injecting him with like you know the green the dream, whatever that is. Not yeah, the, the green, green dream. Yeah. Not the green, the green dream. Whistle, <laughs> yeah. green whistle. I didn't. No, he didn't have that because his whole face was covered. Like he had this huge oh, bandage, yeah, right. and it was like it looked like they'd already like done ingest, one maybe. layer and then. Um, taken it off because there was one layer of bandages which was covered in blood that had already been taken off they must have reapplied it so it was pretty full on but yeah hopefully he's all good I was at Bells with Benny Carr and we looked at we saw it going under the cliff and it looked so ominous that yeah, chopper going down yeah because it was right on the like yeah. right in that kind of you always know corner. see the chopper going yeah, down it's so like I'm, fuck it's pretty happened. serious yeah because the last time something about me and Tully, well, last time I saw something was the one when Sharma oh broke his God. jaw and me and Tully had to pick him up on the ski. Did you, were you on the ski? Yeah, because we were over at Jarosite towing me and Tully and come back and there's just boards getting waved and we're like, oh, we better go check that out at Bowles. Go in and they're like, yeah, Sharma's hurt his jaw. Him, Mark Flanagan, Mark Flanagan um, has come back, has gone with him, sorry, and they're just floating because he couldn't paddle or anything. No, yeah. So they were just floating out to sea and we caught him. Like, luckily, we kind of saw, see these two floating bodies about, oh, 500 like a long to way 800 out. meters out off like kind of lowers winky and get there and they were literally just going to float back to jack so they couldn't move so we kind of got him up onto the um back of our sled and um yeah luckily kind of fi- luckily we found him because it was like he was in like so much pain because broken shattered jaw and we kind of just slowly putted back from winky got to like kind of 
checkpoint danger and that's when Scally and all the marine rescue crew came so then they helped us out and the chopper came the chopper ended up coming through which I was pretty there was scenes like it was choppers following us and everything and then we got him to the beach and the ambos were waiting which was good so I able to get him straight into some like decent care but yeah that was pretty heavy as well yeah like it's so off-putting when you I mean I can't imagine that scenario but when you're that hurt any movement yeah you, you just you just realize how vulnerable you are yeah it was pretty like just you could like see the sheer pain like we were literally trying to go as slow as you can trying to reduce the bumps but like we're holding him and like any movement like was just so like the sheer pain like through you could only imagine having did, a broken did, jaw did flano stay with um nah he paddled back in um, yeah yeah he paddled back into winky but yeah it was me tully and then we had sharma on the back yeah yeah how was jarosite um it was pretty big we yeah it was we a big kinda, day. yeah we were it was that um kind of big swell oh, it would have been just after easter i think the water was still warmish and we kind of we we're nearly gonna we we're like oh yeah we'll go we actually did lifts at winky for a bit and we're just like giving everyone lifts and then um jack perry probably had and he's like there's some big sets at jarisite and we're like oh we'll go go check it out and get there and um there was no one out Pete Frass ended up paddling out and we are kind of with him but yeah it was some big sets it was like oh, it would have been like 10, 12 foot like it was proper Probably. like some scare like full clothes out just yeah and we are just towing it it was pretty fun did you have uh, like um, we had the uh, impact suits on yeah 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 so that was helpful and then did, so yeah. did you use the gas or the just foam um, there is the farm, and then obviously if you're surfing big waves, Tali's got the um, the pool, the um, gas. Yeah, yeah. The what is that? The airlift. Air yeah, that airlift. And um, yeah, obviously everyone uses that when it gets kind of really big. But yeah, we didn't actually expect it to be that big. But yeah, we just had the impact suits on, and we had the jet ski. So if you fell, like we'll like you're right there, so you can pick them up and kind of whip back around. But yeah, that was pretty cool to kind of get waves that big around here. Have you had to use the air suit? Like, have you surfed waves that, um, that consequential? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I had a surf a while ago down the coast um and we used it yeah. and um yeah it's pretty crazy like you pull it and you shoot straight back up like, so you did pull it yeah 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 uh, oh uh, like for I, fun touch or wood, under touch wood. <laughs> i haven't used it under duress but i have like when we got back in i just swam down and pulled it and you just go whoosh. but yeah apparently it's pretty like when you're getting flogged it does help a lot like you pull it and just I mean, to an extent, if you're getting really flogged, you obviously yeah. still get flogged, but <laughs> it definitely helps shooting you up. But yeah, just like swimming around. I even, we did one paddle one time from um, Jack to pass boobs with it and um, swam down and pulled it and you just shoot straight up. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you think, does it give you a false sense of... Yeah, definitely. It, it, would. it does. I reckon it would. Well, like, you kind of feel like it's just that ed added safety. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, if I eat shit real hard here, I can just pull it and shoot up. But I guess you're still going to get pretty flogged. <laughs> it definitely helps calm you. Like, you definitely feel calmer because you've got that extra sense of flotation. But it's still there that it's massive and you're going to get flogged. Well, yeah, and I think being calm is good. I find yeah. when it gets big... 
before I even get there, my adrenaline's Yeah, up yeah. Oh, as soon as you see those big lines coming in, those big dark lines, your heart instantly, the first thing, you just catch yourself going, oh my God, I'm oh my God. Like, <laughs> just your breath start getting shorter and you just head down scratching for the surface. It's like, oh my God. But around here, I think because there's no like deep water channels. Yeah. You, got, you know, like a lot of places that are bigger waves, mm. you can sneak out. And then put yourself into the lineup. Yeah, and like kind of you got like a kind of gist of like watching it, paddling out, like through the channel. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like a lot of ways around here don't have that. So. No, you get it wrong at Bells. In you you're know, on the button. You're, you're on, on the button. button. Yeah. You get it wrong, Winky. You down. Yeah, the ba- yeah. It's just yeah. Especially yeah. I find Bells when it gets bigger. There is that kind of designated peak but you still get wide ones that just f- roll through and just flog you like you can't really get out of the way but um yeah we definitely don't have that designated big deep channel do you have a technique when it's big to get out of bells um the times that i surfed it real big i've paddled from jarosite um the 50 year storm i paddled off center side um like kind of like just yeah literally actually off the point of center side and south you know how the center mm. side and south side of the reef comes out i was kind of just down towards bow side of the tip of that and shot out luckily got washed down but got out found a break yeah yeah kind of just washed me down till i got to kind of like the bowl but like in that channel area you were touch out. and go yeah yeah I get, definitely got swept down I probably definitely could have used I was yeah should have rode a bigger board that day but that was a, that was that day got pretty solid that was sick um, but yeah that, that huge day about oh how many it was a couple it was a couple years ago that was real that the day clean day was that the day when they they should have run the 50 and they didn't yeah run it. and it was huge, huge and clean yeah yeah um yeah paddle from Jarosite with um james hughes um and bala and Ange. we oh that was that day. that yeah, was the day. yeah yeah we yeah, paddled yeah. from Jarosite and it was that was even paddling from Jarosite. it was close out sets there and i was yeah i was shitting myself that's for sure and was it what was it like i've never paddled off Jarosite to get out bells um you kind of like you know how like south side meets south side and there's kind of the slat and there's that kind of gap right in the corner yeah. way down the beach south side yeah it kind of just shot like kind of clip followed that kind of channel out and then there was close out sets like out from Jarosite to kind of Southside, but luckily didn't cough any on the head. I know Tully, when Tully, Robbo and his dad, Nickel, paddled out, they nearly got one of the close outs on the head, which would have been pretty scary. But yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure Robbo got it on the head and Tully just got over it because he was telling me when I got out there. But um, yeah. Who had a, uh, was it Nickel? Did someone get a, like a gummy shark? Or yeah, a Nickel. Because I, I got to the peak and Nickel's like, hate to tell you but it's big and I just got bummed by seven gill but like at the same time you wasn't even that shocked I was just kind of like he just was like oh yeah got bumped by seven gill and I was sitting here and it's huge like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like just sitting like at like 12 foot bowl just gets bumped by a seven gill straight in the leg just to add yeah. the, up the ante yeah up the like whoa what's going on <laughs> you're just getting bumped by sharks and it's huge but yeah no he got yeah bumped by shark on that day and so. so going back so early days for you um 
was you know your dad a big influence like how did you how did surfing come about uh, obviously you're in jock and it's around you yeah and- yeah well i actually um we had a house in geelong oh well, we always had my nan always had a house in jock and my dad grew up in jock and then um obviously uh he Went up to... I was actually born in Sydney because Dad was doing osteo with my auntie up there. He was kind of like working out of her clinic and stuff. And then I was born and then they moved back and Mum and Dad had a house in Geelong. And we still would come down to the beach all the time and stay in my nan's house in Torquay... No, in Chuck, sorry, where our house is now. And then I guess kind of just through always coming down to the coast and Dad surfing and... Yeah, I mean, just kind of slowly got kind of brought into that, like, surfing lifestyle. And then, um, obviously, down at the cricket club, Dad always played cricket for Jack, and there was... He played with um, Cole Fox's dad, Darren. And, um, yeah, I guess me and Cole, just from meeting at the cricket club at such a young age, we just both started surfing together and would surf talkie like in the corner all the time and then slowly just kept like surfing and more and more we did it and then would have moved to Jack when I was about five I think or six and then just yeah just kept surfing from then on and just more and more like nearly every day like I remember going for earlies before school with Cole like dad would drop us in and yeah just pretty much surfing before and after school every day and yeah just memories yeah it was so like when you think about it, there wasn't a care in the world apart from going for a surf before and after school. Like, yeah, <laughs> and playing footy on the weekends. Like, it was just such a fun time. And so when you were that, who was when when you were, you know, groveling around Torquay there, who were you looking up to? Like, oh, fuck. Like- um, well, you obviously had your, like, Kale, Todd, Harryman, um, all those boys, like Kale, obviously on the QS, Robbo, who would coach, like was huge in coaching. Like, I did a heap of coaching with Robbo when I was younger. And then you kind of had like, oh, and Cody Robbo, he was obviously on the QS doing really well. And then you had all your, um, like kind of Tully was just older than me. And then there was that like, little pack who pushed, like that was kind of me, Cole, Tully, like Jack. Hey, there was all that little group of us who would always be at Jack before and after school, like surfing, trying to push each other. And I think that was really good for kind of getting better and yeah, oh, being able 100%. to push each what other. A, what a group of crew to Yeah, just like besting. Hey, yeah, like literally, like because like and to this day, you always whenever you're surfing with them, you're always pushing each other. Like you see, like just before I'm surfing the rock, like I was out there with Cody and Cole. And and it was just like the sickest little ramps and like we'll just both like well, all three of us just like trying airs and like kind of hyping each other up like yeah go 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 like and just trying to boost as high as we can and like i guess those are the sessions where you kind of really like if you're getting a heap of them in you kind of getting better a lot quicker because you're just pushing each other and like going yeah. as big as you can yeah and what about um early days where you did you have a movie that you'd watch that was like on repeat um i mean who what was there i mean i had all like the you know remember how you used to get like the dvds dad actually had them there was like fitty fitty i can remember that movie me and cole used to watch all the time whenever we i'd sleep over at his and that 
it was like this men's boat trip that was actually always a good one and then um you get kind of those tracks in the tracks mags you'd always get like a dvd yeah. like lost atlas all those you was just watch guns? them was that one of those as well um yeah and then we actually would always watch um 58 degrees south that was always good just to watch like um, no, sorry, 38 degrees south. Yeah, not 50. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have corrected yeah, you, yeah. don't worry. 38 degrees south. Um, yeah, we used to always watch um, me, Cole, like Charlie. We'd just watch them because they're always so cool because it was all like the local boys in like this surf movie around home and Indo and stuff. And yeah, that was actually always cool to watch. So them as well as like all the kind of big surf movies that you get with tracks, mags. And yeah, no, it was sick. Yeah, uh, I love uh, yeah, no, I, I still watch the same movies that I was watching in the 90s. You know, I just, yeah. you know, you get stuck yeah, with those Yeah, you actually ones. do. Like, I remember it wasn't that long ago. We, I was with Carl and we were just cruising and I found the 38 Degrees South. We just put it in and watched it. Like, it's so sick to kind of go back and watch them. Like, watching everyone at Winky and like that. Those films are actually really sick. And The yeah. soundtracks. Yeah, and, yeah, it was so sick. And um, no, that was, that was, yeah, we just kind of, it's cool to go back and watch them every now, like young Geordie Smiths and stuff. It, it's pretty sick. And so how old were you when Rip Girl um, um, offered you a sponsorship? I reckon around 11, 10 or 11, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember exactly, but I can remember being, it was after a Torquay Border Riders comp. I was in the car and, um, yeah, found out that I was... So yeah, well, how did that go down? Um, I was just kind of in the car. Like, I've obviously been surfing a heap. Um, I had one of my um, dad's cousins, um, Jess Cooper, she worked at Rip Curl and used to always wear Rip Curl wetsuits and stuff. And that was kind of growing up in this town. It was always Rip Curl and Quicksilver. Like everyone ever had one of them wetsuits, and I was always in a rippy one. And no, um, kind of yeah, it was just surfing. Dad was like, "Oh yeah, if you could be like sponsored by one person, who would it be?" And I was like, "Oh, definitely Rip Curl." And he's like, "Well, yeah, they've um." want to kind of sponsor you and I was like oh wow and that was kind of the biggest shock ever like kind of yeah getting one of those getting a main sponsor by Rip Curl and yeah they've been so like they've been amazing over literally the whole time I've been surfing my surfing career with like helping push me and yeah really help me get better so what's the first one I am sorry to cut you off oh shout out to Coop um yes. <laughs> yeah. so what kind of uh development stuff do they do like just out of my own curiosity because you know i'm still going for the yeah yeah qs myself no i'm joking <laughs> getting back <laughs> yeah, into it and yeah. making a comeback <laughs> um like is it psychological is it um, you know cross training like yeah um i was really fortunate enough to get into um, oh, really fortunate enough to go on these. Um, they did a couple. So when I was younger, I went on a tube camp. It was called Tabali with like a bunch of kind of other rip athletes from all around the world around my age. There was like Hawaiian, Cole Alves, Sam Pooper, um, Mikey Madonna, uh, who else? Crosby. There was just like a heap of like American and French. Like they all kind of came over and I went there on one camp, which was, and then another one to Portugal a couple of years later for the Rip Curl Pro Portugal and another similar, they brought all like kind of like 
athletes from around the world who are sponsored by Rip Curl together to do like kind of two weeks just around the comp film get content and those kind of camps and moments where you're with all the best from around the world I feel like they're huge in kind of pushing yourself and really getting a gist of like whoa this is what everyone else is doing around the world who's my age like I've got to step it up here or like I've got to keep pushing myself and I think I was having the opportunity to go to those really helped me like kind of push myself and realise where the bar's set and mm. yeah I was very lucky to fortunate enough to go on a couple of those and kind of really push my surfing yeah and, and what about these days in your like day to day are they like having them they're your major sponsor right yeah 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 and so are they like they checking in with you are yeah they just yeah like- they're um, really supportive always like asking like if you ever need anything like what do you need kind of um, yeah no they're really good and like kind of yeah giving you like kind of especially Flano he's um he's a huge role as a team manager like kind of also giving like tips and like kind of like oh yeah like how are you going like what's going on um yeah just checking in on a yeah regular basis and kind of giving offering tips on yeah like I guess surfing tips on and heats and yeah they're huge um contribution to the success which you see in every athlete He's a really good guy, Flano. He's been with the company for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's been... The whole time I was there, yeah, Flano's been there. Um, and uh, I lost my train of thought on Flano, but... Um, so, right now... I was just going to step into the right now. You, this week you're going to Snapper? Yeah, yeah. Head up to, um, yeah, the Goldie on Friday for a QS, yeah, with Tully. And so... I'm so confused. So I'm not that confused, but the QS is the qualifying and the CT yeah, is the yeah. 44. Yeah, yeah. Is it 44 still? The 32 now. 32? Yeah, and it's getting cut to 22. 22? Yeah, they do a mid-year cut this year. So after Margie's, it goes down to 22. What? The yeah. actual... Yeah, so they're still cutting it. It's 22 after Margie's. So out of the whole world... 22 are on the tour after Margie's. 32 start off, and after five events, they cut it down to 22. Oh, my God. The pressure So, it's so is- cutthroat, yeah. It is so cutthroat. And so, we're in January, April now. How many QSs have you done this year? Um, there was... So, at the moment, it kind of goes... There starts off... The Challenger Series starts in about three weeks, so at the start of May, but from february to the start of april we had i think it was six qs's and they all fit into the regional so top 10 from the region of australia gets to go on the challenger series and that's so they'll meet all the top kind of athletes like surfers from around the world and then that makes up the challenger series and then from May to December is the Challenger Series, which I'm pretty sure is eight events. And, um, yeah, the top 11 or 10 from the Challenger then go on to the t- tour. Yeah, so it's pretty cutthroat. It's so cutthroat. There's, like, kind of three levels now. The Regional QS, Challenger Series, and then the CT. And do you, do you have you had anything to do with the AIS? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've yeah been fortunate enough. I've been um, I've had a VIS scholarship for a 
couple of years now, maybe like VIS. Four, yeah, Victorian so, Institute. Of yeah, Sport, yeah, yeah. So they fall under the, I guess, AIS as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and they've been huge in like kind of helping with gym. Same with the surfing. Australia HPC High Performance Centre I've been lucky enough to do a heap of work with them in kind of innovation like helping my surfing as well as gym work and kind of injury like like coming back from injuries that's what um, I had when I hurt my knee what did you do? I did my meniscus yeah um, so I had to get a um Oh, what are they called? Um, arthroscope. Yeah, arthroscope yeah. on my um, meniscus. So, and that took a bit to. Oh, not a bit. Like I mean, it's pretty quick turnaround considering knees, but took a bit to kind of like get my confidence back. But the VIS was um, really hu- helpful and huge in um, kind of getting in that surgery. And I literally was at, after I did, it, I got scans and then went up there. They had a look at it, looked at the scans, and then within two days, I was booked in and getting surgery and then they help with rehab they have physios and um like gym kind of trainers and stuff up there and then after that about four weeks in then i went up to the hpc and did a heap of gym work with glenn workman what's hpc ah surfing show high performance center surfing australia Australia high High performance Performance center Center. yeah how do i get in It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's so sick. They actually do like classes and like general public. um, But yeah, I was lucky enough to get up there and kind of they were huge in that rehab aspect. They had him and um, Paulie, who's the physio up there, was also huge in like exercises and kind of really getting that strength back into my leg and knee. And yeah, getting me back on the board. So my mind does when you say those words, like just goes, oh, it's like... (laughs) Disneyland for surfers yeah yeah it actually is it's like tramps and foam pits and skate ramps and gym and yeah it's how good it's pretty crazy the facilities they've got up there it's so sick they've got literally everything jet skis (laughs) what yeah literally everything wow alright so that's where yeah that's where I mean that's like kind of the centre for also the Olympics as well now that Olympics is like that's kind of the home for surfing in Australia and so, both, so yeah. the last Olympics was in the ocean. Yeah, I don't yeah. actually watch it. Do you think it'll go to the pool? Maybe it'll be interesting. Well, next the next one's at France, isn't it? And there was talks of maybe Chopu or something, but who knows? Chopu, yeah, because it's in French Polynesia, so oh. it falls under France. So. I don't know. That's what I did hear. Well, I mean, that was on Stab or whatever it was, but who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's so hard to tell what they'll do. And so with all that, do they educate you on diet? Yeah, so that's what the VAS also has nutritionists. Same with the um, something else, high performance center. They've got um, psychologists, dietitians. Um, so do they work with like visualization? Um, yeah, as well as like kind of um, clearing your headspace, kind like of meditation. Oh, I haven't done any meditation, but just like kind of realizing like the con- what you can tr- can control and what you can't control, and like yeah, not kind of wanna, freaking wanna, yourself. Want to go into that a little bit for me? Um, this is well, this is how I would read it. If, yeah, if you yeah. were to say that to me and you tell me if I'm wrong or right, you can control most things that are happening within yourself but anything that's external yeah you can't so it's kind of like I mean going to surf heats a lot of the time yeah you get nervous and you kind of 
it's like, oh, what happens if I lose? Like you always, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. and you don't want to think that, but it's just like, it does happen. You kind of like shit if I lose. Like you get caught thinking about that, and you kind of get nervous. Like what happens if I don't get the ways? What happens if this happens? What happens? like you draw up all these scenarios in your head, and I feel like if you want to compete at your best, you kind of got to you want to feel loose and you don't want to be nervous and you don't want to be tense and you kind of want, don't want to be doubting yourself. And I feel like the, yeah, you got to let everything go. And I feel like, yeah, that's what, um, that's what the psychology kind of standpoint comes in huge is kind of just backing yourself in on the things that you can control and kind of letting the uncontrollables go. Like, I mean, the uncontrollables obviously been the waves. You can't control where you sit what waves you go but you can't control if the waves are going to come or what the wind's going to be or what what heat you tight what who's in your heat yeah Yeah, like there's all so many uncontrollables so you kind of just got to focus and be confident in the in your plan and yourself that you're going to go give it your best and yeah yeah hopefully hopefully the waves come to you but give it every chance that you're in the right spot you committed you yeah pretty much just be as confident as you can. Now, if you got to surf that heat again with Slater and Toledo, would you change anything about what um, your, your approach to that? I mean, you can look back and say, if I didn't fall on this wave or if I didn't go this wave or... Yeah, there's so many things that you can look back at, but, I mean, if I did it again, I mean, I know I'd probably do the exact same thing if you put me back in that spot, but yeah. looking you back... You did your best yeah. on that day. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You got a really good inside one up, up yeah, at the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, like first wave. Yeah, because I, yeah, I can remember going into that. I walked down the stairs and saw Jadson Andre get a wave and do about six turns. And he literally got like a four or five. And I'm like, shit, I'm actually genuinely going to get two threes here. Like that was, that's what <laughs> got me nervous when I realized how hard it was. And then luckily I was with Pezza and Robbo on the beach and they were kind of in my corner we were kind of chatting and like oh maybe like it was kind of junky winky it was on shore two to three foot and they're like oh we could start at uppers and get a quick one and kind of get your feet in the wax in a way and kind of there is good ones out there and i was lucky enough to get like a three turner and get a five straight off the bat and that kind of released all my nerves i was like shit i can actually kind of do this i got a five on like a okay uppers one like hopefully i can get a better one and i was lucky enough to find a couple and fell on one which if i didn't who knows but um was that the rotation on the end that you oh fell no it's just one like end turn that i just yeah kind of i don't even know how far it was just a turn that you make nine times ten times out of ten and just, <laughs> ten times out of yeah, ten yeah well like it was, a, no, it was literally like mean. an end floater and I just like kind of didn't even think or it might have been I just wasn't thinking I was just so in the moment that I just kind of let myself just fall like over the front of my neck like it was literally the easiest term I just kind of just crumbled over but um yeah I mean looking back on it I yeah, I gave it everything I could. And yeah. I, I, yeah, there is things you can always look back, but I guess you kind of can't always look back and go, if I did this, if I did that, you kind of nearly got to move on and go, if it happens again, I'll change it, but you can't change what's already happened, I guess. Was it epic to look oh, in the lineup and see Kelly Slater? Yeah, well, that's when I saw that heat, I was like, wow, like, not many people will ever get to say they get to surf against Kelly. Like... And to, yeah, have him in a heat at home, in in front of your home crowd was pretty surreal. Like, And for that matter, had Felipe as well, who's yeah. arguably one of the best surfers in the world. Um, 
Yeah, that was pretty surreal. I mean, we both got comboed by Felipe, but no, we had a good little battle with Callie, and that was, yeah, something I'll remember forever and cherish forever. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was one of the coolest things. I think just like even paddling, we kind of, I was behind him walking out, and I was just like, shit, I'm paddling out with Callie here for a heat. Like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. You wouldn't even like, I mean, it's something you only dream about until it happens. Yeah, and then when I'm, I'm, I mean I don't understand, but sometimes you find yourself in those moments and you're like, "Is this fucking happening?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I came in, like it was nearly like when I came in, it all hit. Like it was like, "Whoa, shit!" Like I actually got that close, and like it didn't really like it at the time. You kind of like, "Whoa!" Like I actually did my best, and I got way closer than I kind of thought. And and then you look back and you're like, "Shit!" Imagine like. If I didn't go one of those waves and I held him off and got his last one, then I would have got through the heat and been Cali. But then you're also like, shit, I did get so close. Like, looking back on it, it kind of does like, oh, imagine if I did beat Cali. That would have been like something you could claim for your whole life. But I mean, just getting a surf with him is pretty crazy enough and something I'll cherish forever, that's for sure. You ever get to talk to him? Um, yeah, he was actually, him and Felipe, they were actually super, like, it's crazy how you think, like, that no one would talk in a heat, but I was talking to Felipe, he called me into, well, he was obviously combo in the heat, so he couldn't care what happens, but <laughs> he was calling me into sets and like, go, 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 and, um, yeah, I mean, I've been introduced to him before that, through surfing, we both had sharp eyes, but, um, yeah, he's a really nice guy, Felipe, and, um, yeah, I can remember getting, with, like, 30 seconds ago, I got this wave, and it was pretty average one, but he was calling me into it go 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 and like call, like literally telling me to go and call me in and then yeah Callie once got in he was he didn't really talk much in the water but once you got in he was kind of like oh that was a cool heat like nearly like giving pointers and yeah it was it was actually really cool yeah really crazy experience so now who, who do you who do you have like you're using as a benchmark someone that you look up to in the in that world um i mean at the moment you've obviously got felipe Idolo, and gabby as well as then you got that new rising australian kind of talent which is obviously like calm robson who just got second i grew up surfing pro juniors against him and doing i did some like kind of surfing camps with him and he's one of the new emerging then you got ethan ewings like Connor O'Leary, who's been around for a bit, but he rips Owen. Um, there's so Morgs. Like, there's just that group, Liam O'Brien, who, like, you kind of surf with and surfed against a heat, but they're that, like, new, like, kind of benchmark for Australian surfing. Like, they're coming up through the ranks, and, yeah, you kind of aspire to, yeah, qualify. Obviously, you aspire to be as good as Gabrielle and that as well and all those boys, but, yeah, just trying to work to... Yeah, get on the tour. I mean, yeah, that's the dream to make the tour and, yeah, become as good as all those guys. Um, now, I saw a photo uh, of you with Oki and AI. When oh, yeah, when I was a kid with my brother. Yeah, yeah. Such a good photo. Yeah, that um, that's actually pretty. I didn't find that. I, didn't, I knew about it, but I didn't find it again until I was going through my mum's Instagram about three two years ago and i saw it and i was like whoa i forgot that even happened like that's pretty iconic shot us at bowels with um two legends yeah two legends of the sport like that's a pretty yeah it was pretty sick shot um now when they were on tour and the tour was what it was and it seemed to be like the wild west it was 
uh, I don't know, in my mind, I have it conjured yeah. as one big, you know, like it was more party. party. Yeah, yeah. Um, your experience of it today, the um, shift, the, the dynamic of how surfers are approaching it compared to then and now, yeah. do you think it's completely um, changed or is it I still I feel there? like <laughs> there still is that like fun side to it for sure. Like, I mean, you still look at it, like there is a feel like that more not switched on but like more seriousness like it is a genuine career and it is like a livelihood but they and like obviously like it's in a way it's yeah a career and same it's a job like crew are taking it very seriously and um but i feel like on the side of that like you still look around you see all those videos of john john and morgs and all on the side still having fun like after the comps like all together having beers and having having a good time and around the comps surfing together like doing Oh, it could be go-karting or yeah. like just like other stuff like to kind of enjoy the time and experience the places that they're going to so, so it seems to be more clean fun yeah yeah <laughs> i mean there still definitely is like that loose side after the events like even when we went down to i went down to jack pub on the sunday after the event you do see like major like a heap of the surfers down there having beers and having a good time like yeah i mean there still is that like yeah switch yeah. off yep. like for a little bit and have your fun and then kind of the next day or the day after just switch back on and straight over to Margie's or wherever they got to go and back straight to training. So I guess, yeah, it's just that matter of like being able to switch on and off pretty quickly. Now when you, when you, when you sort of jump back and cut you off on the end of that, that was rude. No, that's fine. (laughs) I I wasn't going to say anymore. I was just like, yeah, just switch on and off. Yeah. was was Troy Brooks a big influence on your surfing when you were young? Um, yeah, was- well, obviously him being from Jack. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, well, there was obviously Charlie and Bodie grew up for a while here in Torquay. They lived here for a couple of years back up north now. But, yeah, he was always around town kind of pushing. And, I mean, when you were really young, he was, uh, was he on tour when I was a kid? Can't really... Well, because, yeah. yeah, I guess I didn't really watch a heap of surfing when I was really young. Yeah, okay. Because I was, yeah... Maybe I'm of... showing my age and... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um, I'm just trying to think. But looking back, like, seeing all the videos back and kind of having him in the town and, like, being su- such a good surfer that he is and having experience that he does, that was huge in being able to kind of pass it on to us younger kids and, yeah. like, kind of really tell us like kind of give us insight that will help us be the surfers that we are today and um yeah i think that him robbo um Kyle, even t- having tony he was such a good surfer yeah. um yeah all those guys in the pool, town man. yeah there is a definitely a deep pool who all kind of help shape the way that you surf through the knowledge that they give you like and the kind of how yeah so when robbo's coaching you i always see him him and kale down there with the video camera yeah, and stuff. Yeah. so is, is that what it is a lot of it's like they video and then you go back um, and break it down or yeah i mean especially when i was younger i mean as you get older the tech i feel like once you get to a certain age techniques only it's so hard to change like yeah. the real like kind of fundamental technique i mean you can change little tweaks and stuff which might help but once you've done it for a certain time it's really hard to change i've even found that like doing little tweaks it's so hard to change things like it takes a lot of thought because you just 
when you're surfing, a lot of the time it's you're not thinking much. It's, it's just natural and it's reactive. And yeah. so it's actually really hard to change something because you've got to really think about it. But um, yeah, I mean, when I was younger, Adam, Robo and Cal were huge in that kind of aspect of, especially um, Robo, yeah, and Cal, in that aspect of kind of technique and like car, like uh, Robo having the car that he does and the power game. Yeah, he helped shape the surfer who I was, like massive, who I am now massively with like kind of his expertise in that like rail game and those cars turns, even like the knowledge that he has on airs and stuff is pretty wild the knowledge that he has in general on surfing is crazy when you sit down with him it's it's pretty surreal what he knows mm. and yeah he was able to really kind of just like sitting down with him and re-watching clips and he can just spot straight away like this arm needs to be up through the car more or like the rotation's too early or it's too like just mm-hmm. little stuff like that and I feel like that when you're young if you get that that's really when you've kind of really developing when you're young and you have the, that help it's huge like it kind of excels your surfing so much and yeah I was fortunate enough to have those two in my corner from a young age and yeah I was very lucky yeah so now looking at Slater is what fifty? Yeah, fifty now. Yeah, he would be fifty. Wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he might even be. Yeah, he's got to be fifty. Yeah, yeah, because he turned a fifty about it. like a two a week or two after the pipe comp. Yeah, so he's fifty now. Yeah. So looking at his career, saying he's fifty, and you say to me before you're nineteen. Yeah, yeah. And you go, all right. <laughs> he's twenty. No, thirty, 30 years. I was going to yeah. say <laughs> thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Um, is that like unreal? Because usually you oh. think, I've got a 10-year gap here. Yeah, well, yeah, most crew, like, in elite sports are retiring at 32, 35. Like, tops. Yeah, and a lot of t- people, a lot of the time crew don't even get to retire. They'll just yeah, get pushed knocked. Out. Yeah, pushed out through the new emerging talent, the ever kind of growing, yeah, yeah, talent, obviously young talent. Like, they'll get kind of pushed out, but to still be going at 50, like, it's pretty like there's I can't really think of another sport where 50 year olds still like winning events and stuff like it's pretty crazy to see him win pipe and still surfing the way he does at such a like my dad's age like my dad can't even surf anymore yeah <laughs> like he, he barely can without getting injured like but do you think yeah. that this is my question do you think he Kelly being Kelly it's because for so long he's been so dialed in with yeah. taking care of himself food stretching all the stuff like he hasn't he didn't succumb to that party vibe yeah, that was prevalent yeah. and do you think that if you were to follow such you know such he's, 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 he's blazed the path that yeah. you go well what's to stop me from doing that yeah yeah I feel like yeah you, he's someone that you look at who's like his body is a temple like he like he barely drinks I guess like he eats healthy stretches constantly looking after his body and that kind of shows that why he's still dominating at 50 like he's just so flexible like everything's so in tune that he's been able to surf at a high level for such a long time 
yeah, it's pretty crazy to still see him dominate. Even he was down at Winky the other day on um, when were we surfing. Saw you in the car park, and he was out shooting a um, oh, yeah. shooting a watch thing, and just even in freeze, you just watch him. He's so quick and whippy, and f- like even just like when he falls in the lake, he springs like he's just so springy. It's pretty crazy to see someone at fifty still doing what he does. I feel like at fifty, I'd probably snap in half <laughs> doing the stuff he does. But yeah, no, it's you so see, crazy. I, I don't I, I think he's like a beacon of of showing what 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 we can what, do. Yeah, what we can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If we put our mind to it and, and look, take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, and don't. Yeah, because you've got to get on trash those beers and get another. Yeah, <laughs> get, get pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. You, that's where I guess at fifty you'll start breaking down pretty quickly. But um, yeah, he's kind of sh- shown that path of if you treat your body right, you can anything's possible. Yeah, I, and yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's awesome. It's just some, um, you know, just as, as a as yeah. just a Joe Blow surfer. Yeah, because you look at some of those other surfers who are in his era, and they're just yeah, they're probably still still shredding. Yeah, they are, <laughs> but yeah, you don't see him dominating no. the tour. Yeah, like well, his display at pipe was. Just, oh, it was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. And so, have you been to Hawaii? Yeah, been. How many times? Five or six times, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. been lucky enough to... Yeah, that's... A, um, I've stayed in the Ripco house a couple of times, like, being able to watch the Pipe Masters with... Obviously, in a house with Gabrielle and stuff, so that's been been fortunate enough to do that, and that's, yeah, one of the crazy experiences ever. Was Gabrielle here this Easter? Nah, no. Is he out? Um, there's rumours of him coming back for G-Land, I did hear, but... But has he retired or is he uh, just... No, he's just kind of, I think, taking personal leave. Okay. He hasn't retired, but just, um, yeah, I guess taking some leave from surfing. Like, yeah, you still yeah. see videos on his Instagram and YouTube of him still riffing, like, surfing as good as he always has, but I think he's just taking some time off and kind of regroup. Yeah. But, yeah, I did hear maybe G-Land, he might make a return. Um, now, just going back, so you're in the Rip Girl house at Pipe. What a... Pretty crazy experience. Like watching, watched Gabrielle win a world title, or seen him lose one. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like it's one of the most wild experiences ever. Just watching how he deals with all that pressure and yeah, and having that wave surface. so close. Yeah, like literally being like on the. It's kind of like how would I say, being on like having a house literally on the beach at Jark like yeah. you're on the sand yeah it's everything's so close and you get, like you're literally on the balcony and sea mist is blowing in like it's so everything's so close and you, yeah it's it's pretty surreal have you um is I, I just I've, you know I've never surfed over there uh how heavy is pipe and backdoor um yeah it's definitely got some serious punch to it like even just when it's smaller like three four foot you try and duck dive and you just get so ragdolled and smoke like i don't know what it is but it's just so much like energy and power in those waves like and as it gets bigger it just gets heavier and heavier and thicker and yeah it's just it is definitely a lot different to anywhere else i've been like just you come back from like even when you surf in like three foot like beach park and you come back and you surf three foot jack or rock it's just duck diving your breeze you just pop straight through because you're just struggling so much over there like it's yeah it's pretty crazy how much power and grunt is in those waves when they come in and hit that reef what's your favorite wave over there um 
My favourite, I mean, obviously you can't go past backdoor and pipe, but I really like off the wall just because I find it's always less crowded. Everyone so hold on, I'm just going to just work with me for a second. You got yeah. pipe goes that way. Yeah, so pipe. Backdoor off the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the end of backdoor hits this closeout section, which is nearly like a left off off the wall. Like, I mean, you do see the odd clip of crew. You see Italo doing punts on smaller days off that left. But, yeah, kind of about f- bit down from backdoors off the wall. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's a bit more shifty and closeouts and a bit more sketchy, but... I feel like it's way le- always way less crowded and still some huge tubes and that. That's definitely probably my favourite there in Backdoor. Yeah. What about Sunset? Um, Sunset's actually a really sick wave. It's just, it is tough to surf. I had some really fun surfs out there. It definitely is tough. And it's such a big playing field. And when it gets big, it's pretty scary because you get those west bowls and stuff that just mow you down. So, such deep water and so powerful. Like, it is, yeah, it's pretty scary. But that wave is also so sick. And especially at six to eight foot, it's such a good wave. Like, if you, yeah, it's so rippable and it's tough to surf. But if you get the right one, it's so sick. And then you, you got rocky rights and rocky lefts, which is just that high performance. Just, yeah, that's kind of the high performance airs big hacks like yeah oh, it's so, like even at three foot you just there's so much power that allows you to get so much speed yeah and just really allows you to open up like it's such a good spot to kind of go and really accelerate your surfing and what about some other places that you've been fortunate to travel to um i mean indo is always so good to kind of get in and amongst um those like the land less there's so many less and then you got obviously also changu and karamas the really love Indo it'd be good to go back there this year and then um, France been lucky enough to go to France surf the Graviere and all those beaches along there which is yeah pretty that was a pretty wide eye opener summer Just or winter pe- uh, we went for the Quicksilver Pro I was lucky enough also yeah to go to Rip Curl and stay they had a house over there and got to yeah kind of just surf around the comp and really excel my surfing how fun is it over there so sick there's just like literally rip bowls everywhere and it was just like i just walk out front pick a rip bowl by myself and just surf left and left or right like it's and then you go down to la graviere and get six foot tubes on the beach like it's a pretty sick spot and then come in eat baguettes and get back out there it's it's a pretty sick spot and then yeah, been lucky enough to go to the airport, um, yeah, where else? yeah, um, like, yeah, I guess those are that kind Have of main spots. been down to Mexico spot. and places like No, that? I haven't been to mainland US or Mexico, I, kinda, yeah. I really want to go there. Um, Lakey Peak, that's so sick. There's so many waves in that little area. Like, Periscopes? Oh, that Did you just that one? Yeah, yeah, we got that, like, six foot and so sick big tubes into like hack sections and then goes again on the inside and then you got the peak the right off the peak when it's a bit smaller yeah Blakey Pipe cobblestones like there's just so much I actually really love that area there's so much in such a little area that it's yeah it's kind of like a dream for high performance surfing and that left that gets when it gets heavy oh then it comes into that like back door section like come from behind it and then shoot through it's pretty crazy yeah sick um yeah I really like that but yeah I definitely want to get over to the men's and have you done a boat 
Nah, that's what we're kind of trying to look into that this year. Maybe go with a bunch of mates and chase some waves in the man's. Yeah. That'd be pretty phenomenal. I've never been, but it's but nice. looks off, it looks pretty sick. Yeah, all those waves through there. Nice that we can now make yeah, some shoot sort of plans. Yeah, bit bit more than what we were kind of stuck with, just planning to do a road trip. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally for a while there, we couldn't even bloody get to the milk bar pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, nah, it's cool to kind of be able to travel now and get away. And so how long have you been riding for Sharp Eye? Um, oh, that'd probably be six years now or five years yeah and five six years so yeah and who were you riding for before that um i was originally on Corey's. i rode yeah. Corey's when i was really young yeah. um had a bunch of his boards which were really like crazy and then um went to mayhem for a little bit and then went across to sharp eyes about yeah five six years ago and ridden them ever since with um brendan lecky shaves them yeah and um yeah kind of been fortunate enough to ride them and yeah have the backing and support of sharp eyes what um what's your go-to shortboard um i really like the 77 when it's kind of like three foot and above that's kind of my go-to and then so the, sorry okay um yeah well, uh below three foot Do below you- three foot i like the inferno 72 that new that new one they've got before that i'd ride the HT2 yeah but now it's that Inferno 72 that you see Felipe and all that on so can I ask a question here because I just um, I bought a 77 yeah. off a dude off Gumtree who'd won it in a raffle yeah. off Morgan oh yeah 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 and when I picked it up I was like this is it round tail you know bat out of hell 510 yeah, I was like this yeah. is going to be my 3 to 5 foot blaster mm. And I rode it in like two and a half foot. I just wanted to feel what it felt like, you know. Yeah, so I, it's, it didn't work. Nah, it depends. Like if it's two foot, three foot and really bowly, I get, like I surfed at the rock today when I was two to three foot. And when you get in that real tight bowl, it feels really nice. But as soon as it gets kind of four, three to four foot, winky, up to six foot, like, and then obviously going to step ups after six foot, but that kind of three to six foot winky, that's my favourite board to ride. The seventy seven with the rounded ta- um, yeah. tail, um, yeah, that's my go to for sure. It just feels like it really holds when you're coming off the bottom hard and um, releases off the top really well. And yeah, that's kind of my go to. And then when it gets smaller, Inferno seventy two, which is epoxy? that new um, I ride epoxies when it's like really small, but when it's kind of like two foot, I'll ride the PU and an Inferno seventy two. But then once it gets one to two foot or like two foot and really weak, I'll ride an epoxy in so that Inferno. Is the Inferno a flatter board? Yeah, it's more just like kind of wider, more kind of um volume and just kind of i feel like it just floats a lot better when you're going through flat sections it's that's what it's kind of it's made for that one to three foot range and yeah it just it just floats a lot kind of when you're going through dead sections it just glides through you don't have to whereas that 77 i feel when it gets really flat and weak it's just a bit sticky yeah, yeah it doesn't go through those flat sections but then that's when, as soon as it gets bowly, straight, I um, get straight on that seventy-seven. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that's my go-to. So Timmy Stevens swears by that seventy-seven plus. Yeah, and yeah. Big, and he f- 
shreds what, on Yeah, yeah, he surfs so good at Winky. As soon as you see, even when it's small, he shreds at the rock. You see him busting punts and big hacks. But yeah, when it's big Winky, he's one of the ones to watch. And yeah, he's, you look at his rough and he'll be on it. Yeah, 77 plus. And yeah, that's what I got a couple of them in step ups. And then. What do you think of them? Um, I think they're amazing. I well, yeah, I had a couple of them, but I've always I don't know what it is. I've always had a seventy-seven that go really well for me. Um, but yeah, I'm sure if you got a seventy-seven plus as well, it'd probably go just as good. But I think just in my mind, I've always had a seventy-seven. Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of like mentally, it's just kind of like I guess it's kind of like that, like if you have like a preheat thing that makes you feel, like it probably wouldn't affect anything, but it just makes you feel. I guess just having good 77s for most of the time I've ridden them um, I just mentally I think yeah. it's just like a it's comfort a that I got a 77 here it's going to go really <laughs> good but yeah I, my step ups are 77 pluses and they feel like I've got a 77 plus and a 6.3 and a 6.4 I rode one out of the bowl the other day and it was 6 foot no, like kind of solid 6 to 8 foot on like light on shore and um yeah it felt amazing like it holds it does everything you put it where it wants and it'll yeah hold and what's the idea with them they got a little bit more foam through the core yeah um i don't know i haven't had a really good look into them i think they're just more like kind of it's just a 77 but more more time put into them i don't know i haven't i actually haven't had a look into what they've actually done to it a heap i've just yeah i've yeah, really just still, I've still run the 77 and loving that. That's good. Um, all right. So the Inferno, I'm really interested in that board. It didn't win. Uh, yeah, it won the Stab in the Dark with Taj that one year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's my, as soon as it gets small, it just has so much speed through flat sections. And even when it's bowly, it just feels so alive and electric, like electric. It's just so quick and really zappy and not twitchy I'd say but like when, oh, I've heard it called twitchy like some people yeah, are like it's it, too much for me this board it's like, it actually at times it actually you know, it's like coming in like if you hit like a bowl you just fling out it with so much speed and I feel like sometimes you can't actually get too much speed where if you come into a section with you know when you come in with too much speed and you try and put it on rail or slide but then I feel like yeah, it does hold well. It's just sometimes if you got too much speed, it'll give in. Like, it's a better, a it's a better problem than not enough. Yeah, yeah. You'd rather have too much speed than not enough, that's for sure. But yeah, I feel like that board just, it just feels like it's under your feet. It's got so much life to it. Now, um, I guess change gears and say, so you had your heat in the trials with Tully. Yeah, and, yeah. And... Um, was Louis in that heat as well? Yeah, Louis Oates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what happened there? Um, I don't know. I had like obviously I had some good heats leading up to it, and I mean it was just it was tough. Like it was mm. it was southeast winky. It's kind of the worst far direction you can ever get for around here, and onshore two foot slot. But I mean there was waves out there. Like there's no doubting that there was waves, and I mean it got did get high and it got slow, and yeah, Tully just he got the good waves, and the surf that he is, he surfs so good. Yeah, he's so if powerful. he gets a good wave, he's yeah. going to drop a seven or an eight, and it was like kind of a grovel out, and yeah, he got two sixes pretty like 
like in within 20 minutes and oh not 20 in within like 10 15 minutes and i was kind of chasing and got a six and needed another high six and yeah just couldn't find one but yeah i mean he's one of my best mates and to see him surfing against the best in the world it was it was so sick to watch and cheer him on it, it's such a like i saw i think through your instagram maybe that you'd lost and you did a post cheering tully on yeah yeah i thought it was really nice i was quite touched so i was like yeah cause, cause, well yeah i was gonna keep going oh, can yeah. i sorry because if it was me i would have would i felt like oh, it's, that's a hard it's so nice <laughs> of you to post that because that would have stung a bit i would have wanted to be going through you know yeah yeah well obviously yeah that's yeah. the dream you want to go through it does sting like after i was like Fuck. like i mean coming in you're like oh like you're so stoked that he's in there but at the same time you also you want to be there but i mean you look at it it's you've seen your best mate achieve his dream of surfing the river girl pro and i just was like wow like that's pretty sick and i um get to cheer him on and be there with him that whole time and i mean i surf with him every day i travel the world with him and like he's one of my best mates and to see him achieve his dream is something pretty special so i was just like if anyone's going to do it i'd love to be my best mate so no that was sick to watch him get in and i mean you always want it to be yourself but if not it's your best mate and that was stoked for him yeah that's awesome that's dude that's really nice yeah, yeah, so no, it was good. It was it was good to kind of get up in the grandstand with the whole Rip Curl crew, his dad, his family, and just cheer him on. So no, it was sick. That must have been pretty sick. Nickel must have been pretty pumped. Oh, hey, I can remember walking down to um, like kind of get in the grandstand because they called men's round one on, and he's on the phone, and I'm like, Nickel, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'm I'm nervous and he just was pacing around he'd probably walked about 15 laps of the comp site and I was just I was like oh, I'll let him do his thing and then <clears throat> leaning up to Tully's head he's going up and down the bloody grandstand and it's just it was so funny but you could just see how stoked and proud he was and yeah. it was just so sick to be with him his mum Linda sister Jazz and Mac and John T like the whole fam was down there and that was so sick to watch and cheer him on a monumental occasion yeah and he surfed like he got that seven which he surfed so well on and yeah. he, like if he had have got another one which he got a clean hit on he was only chasing a four he only needed to do two turns and with the back end that he's got he would have got that easily no doubt and then same at Winky just if he had had a clean wave which allowed him to tee off I'm sure he would have been matching it with Jadson and Griffin so I thought he did really well yeah no it was great and I you know I stoked but also you know I thought I was really touched by your post I thought oh, it was nice yeah, no, so yeah. nice, nice no. of you oh, <laughs> thanks it was good to yeah get behind him and cheer him on so I remember another time I was down in King Island and um with Eddie Saws and Ed Sloan and we are doing and a few other lads D-Day and um I remember you came down did you come down with Coley? Um, no. Wait, how long ago? I've been twice. I think yeah. Sloney called up and got you down on a plane and, and, oh, and yeah, surfed yeah, Martha's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did the day trip. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I came over in the morning and then shot back out in the, uh, in the night. Yeah, yeah. So Got back for school. Yeah, <laughs> I remember just being like, what the hell? This is an amazing, like, just yeah, we flew got into in these the, waves. Yeah, flew in in the morning and then shot out in the harbor. That, and, and that was my first trip there. So uh, so do you get many of those phone calls to go and do those sort of trips? Um, that was the first one I'd ever got. Um, 
I mean, it's not often. I mean, to go anywhere. Um, it's not often. It's kind of like last minute. I mean, I was obviously fortunate enough to go to those comps around the world, like the CT comps with Rip Curl and kind of experience all that. But I mean, that's kind of like that, really. Like, you kind of get plan it and kind of book your flights in and everything that was kind of the first one I got within like it's kind of like I mean, it's more with your mates I feel you get that oh there's a swell coming let's shoot off like mm. yeah I feel like that's kind of more you, driven by yourself in a way yeah, like yeah. you kind of spot a swell and you go um, but yeah that was kind of the, that was a pretty that was a pretty crazy experience getting to see Martha's for the first time and yeah literally a couple of days before I can remember just getting a call going well you want to shoot this thing for it was like in a tracks mag they were doing a thing on Martha's and I was lucky enough to kind of get Vic to go over there and do some shooting with Ed for that day and kind of yeah get a little segment which was sick and seeing that A-frame in all its glory for the first time was so crazy and yeah I was lucky enough to go back last year but it's such a amazing place in the world and that's some of the best ways I've ever seen for sure yeah I love it down there as well just those A-frame peaks. It's like, and it's so uncrowded every time. Like you just get a peak to yourself and just jump out, paddle. It's so close to shore as well, and you just get in tube by yourself or with a mate. It's or, so wild too, because usually when you're flying in, it's a stormy day. Yeah, it's always and you're like what, what, and then you get there and you're like, fuck, how's this? And yeah. it's like sunny, rainy, sunny, because it's always in shit weather when you go. Like, and um. Yeah, the water's so blue and clear. It's just, it's definitely a special place, that's for sure. Zave, I want to say thanks so much um, and good luck this weekend. Oh, thanks, Ace. Yeah. yeah. But is it this weekend? Yeah, yeah, this weekend at Burley. Yeah, it starts on Saturday. So. Yeah. And Should so you're going out for how long? Uh, I, I haven't actually got a flight home. The comp finishes on Monday, but there's a flight there, so I'll probably stay off and just yeah. go stay at Snapper and try and get tubed for <laughs> however long that swell stays for and then come home. Yeah, but uh, chase some waves and enjoy it. Awesome. Have a ball. Thanks. Thanks, Ace. That, Teggy. No worries. Awesome. Legend. All right, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Zave Huxable, whoever you are out there in the world. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, Zave, thanks so much for coming over. It was awesome. It was so good to get you into the horse's mouth and have a ch- chat. Uh, I hope you're blasting up there on the um, uh, Burley Heads and, and that, that comp's going well for you. And... Um, for everyone else in the world, I hope this finds you smiling and um, and finding some joy in life. It's fleeting. I know. I say it all the time. I have to remind myself. I say it more to remind myself, to be honest. But, uh, you know, there are people out there, Europe, Ukraine, Russia, uh, who are suffering. And I just, you know, my heart goes out. To, to, to you know there's suffering all over the world but especially like in war times it's just it's the really 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 ugly ugly part of life on earth and i hope that we don't have to experience it i hope that we never get a sniff of it because it just looks you know so it's just the, the older i get the more just how it's just the, the worst aspect of humanity um 
you know, when I was younger, I used to glorify things like Vietnam and I think that it would be amazing to be a soldier. And I don't know what was wrong with me because like these days, I just think it is the absolute dregs of humanity war and, and what it does to to mankind and well, no, humankind. Um, you, you know what I mean? Anyway, sending love to all those out there listening and um, until next time, adios. Adios.